Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. You're listening to Pros Like Us. Brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. That's right, gang. We are back and better than last week, we hope. Pros like us. We've reached the fourth quarter of the NFL season, and things are kind of becoming a little bit more crystallized regarding the playoff picture, but uh, still a lot lot of stuff remains to be seen. A lot to get to today. We'll still be hitting that NFC East, least, whatever you want to call it, but it just became a lot more interesting. Uh, Let me bring in my partner here, Alex, as always. uh, What's going on, man? How you doing? It's always good to see when a team fires their head coach, then they bring in that interim guy, and all of a sudden, he gets that win. A hopeless team that was just Uh, has lost four or five games straight. I'm talking about Daryl Bevel, uh, the former Lions offensive coordinator. Now he is the Lions interim head coach after Matt Patricia lost his job, gets the win in his debut. And the cool part about it was the Lions were down by 10 points with four minutes left in the game. And Stafford guided them to a comeback. I realized that Trubisky helped. I mean, he fumbled inside his... 20-yard line late in the fourth quarter on that famous third down. And if it wasn't for Mitch Trubisky, then the Lions wouldn't be here. But I think more teams should follow suit. Fire your head coach. Bring in the interim guy. He's going to get the job done. He's going to get that team's heartbeat moving in the right direction. And we're seeing what's happening with the you know, Atlanta Falcons overall. They're playing well. I mean, we've praised Raheem Morris on this on this show so good for the lions and according to bovada sportsbook the lions are playing against the packers this week and they're a seven and a half point underdogs this week i guess it's to be expected against green bay and the packers are one of the best teams in the nfc well that's his prize for beating the bears uh daryl gets the the packers this week i think he's thanking his lucky stars that uh he got the bears in his first game instead of uh green bay this week just looks like it's hopeless you know there's no light at the end of the time I mean, there's, we've got a handful of teams like that right now but you know it remains to be seen how how that interim thing you know works out for daryl bevel uh, Raheem Morris, I think, maybe has a chance in Atlanta. But again, same situation. New GM coming in as well. So God bless him. Speaking of 
an interim coach or or a coach with the, the axe just you know directly aimed at his throat. The Jets almost screwed up the perfect season. They they almost did. But to the rescue came Greg Williams. Yes, Greg Williams did a Greg Williams and calls a zero blitz on the last play of the game. You're up by four. They have to score a touchdown. No timeouts. What do you do? Send the house. That's right. Just keep, stay on brand, Greg, do your thing. But you got to praise Derek Carr. He stepped up in the pocket, made the made the pitch. Even, you know, defensive back bit on a little fake there. I'm not sure what, why he was biting on the fake. Wow. Was this an ego thing? Was he trying to get fired? You know, I would no way, I guess, defend Greg Williams in this case. But he was being who he is, I guess. And back in the day, there used to be a, a saying about the, the prevent defense only prevents you from winning. Uh, now, I may be dating myself, but seriously, on the last play of the game, you got to have a couple of safeties back there, don't you? I mean, other teams, they bring in tight ends, the tallest guys on the team, just to be able to go up and knock the ball down. Yeah, hey, he may have saved them the, you know, the, the first pick overall, and... God bless him. Greg Williams did a Greg Williams, and now he's out of a job. And I guess that's the irony that Gaze got to fire him before Gaze gets fired. I don't know. I mean, am I am I like overreaching here? What 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 did I miss? Yeah, that's ridiculous. I mean, Adam Gaze should be the first one to to be shown the door, the exit door, and all of a sudden he he has that veto power you know to to fire greg williams like adam gase has any power at all at this point i just i think they should have both been showing the door to to be honest with you in this case let the quarterbacks coach you know get the interim job and then the jets would would win a game this week i just lou i have to be honest i always hate and i'm sure you hate that as well when defensive coaches are playing prevent defense on that last drive yeah. they're trying to prevent that last touchdown that's right it seems like the entire game the pass rush was working the blitzes were working the offensive line and the quarterback didn't know what to do with it all of a sudden they're down by four or five points they're driving on that last uh, fourth quarter with two minutes left all of a sudden the defensive coordinator is I'm not going to blitz. I'm rushing three. I'm dropping eight. I'm not having any of this. I'm scared. And they never mix it up. And what happens? I mean, the other team marches all the way down to the red zone, and then we might get some some calls by the defensive coordinators that will be a little more tricky once they get into that red zone. But I hate that, Lou. Yeah. I hate oh, that. Oh, absolutely. It, it's horrible because do. you're sitting there, you're just kind of waiting to lose, right? So on one hand, you got you to gotta give it to Greg Williams for always being being aggressive. You got to be able to, I, I, like you said, mix it up. But in a situation like that, time and score right now where this is it. I mean, this is it. The only thing that beats us is one of those receivers running by our DBs. So, yes, I agree with you that that's horrible if they just sit back in a shell, rush three, and nothing happens except, you know, you hope they throw an incompletion or they fumble or, you know, they make a mistake, penalty, something. But on that last play, you got to be able to flip the switch and say, okay, we've done this to this point. We've kept them, you know, at midfield. Let's make sure they don't beat us over our heads. But 
it was a crazy call because and what makes it crazy is you've got two rookie corners guarding those outside wide receivers they have a kid from nebraska who got beat on that double move you asked why did the guy bit on that double move well because he's a rookie and he hasn't played that much i mean i think greg williams forgot that it's not daryl rivas island anymore like daryl rivas isn't on the outside there you've got lamar jackson on one side and you've got, I think, Hall, uh, the kid from Virginia that they drafted on the other side. So you've got two rookie green corners going one-on-one against the speedy receivers like Henry Ruggs. I mean, this guy run, ran a 4-2-8 at the combine last time I checked. That was the crazy part in, in this whole conversation. I just, I feel sorry for the Jets. I don't know if they feel sorry for themselves. I know the players feel sorry for themselves because their offense looked a lot better for a change against a bad defense like the Raiders nonetheless but Darnold was doing some good things he did have a couple of turnovers they got the running game going Ty Johnson Josh Adams I haven't seen this all year and they got the running game going and all of a sudden Greg Williams just screws it up in the end and what happens by the way I mean if we had this conversation before what if Trevor Lawrence decides to boycott New York Jets what if he pulls an Eli Manning and you don't get that prize quarterback and you're gonna get either like Justin Fields or somebody else I mean are you gonna feel bummed out about it that you went 0-16 and you didn't get the best quarterback since since Andrew Luck because his team decides to say hey well we're not gonna play for you you're just a a really bad franchise we want to go and play for Jacksonville we want to go and play you know for the San Francisco 49ers instead of you I mean I think that's the part that should be asked because the the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck can certainly do that he can certainly Abs- pull the ball. Oh, absolutely and I know you know things have changed you know with, with social media it really doesn't matter from which city you play from, right? I mean, that's like the narrative. You can, you know, you can be a star anywhere, but there's something special about being able to get it done in New York, especially when the Jets have been so horrible. So again, I guess it depends a little bit. You know, I know he's being very coy right now, Trevor Lawrence, when he's asked about it, and he should be. He really, you know, he's a college kid. He shouldn't be really talking about where he wants to play in the NFL. I mean, that would be awfully presumptuous of him, but everybody knows he's the best player and he's going to be the number one pick, regardless of who has the pick. And I think the Jets are going to keep it and I think they're going to take him and he'll eventually come around. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a very odd position. And I think a lot will have uh, in his decision will be who they bring in as the new coach do they mesh? I mean, is it somebody, you know, on that first meeting, the pre-draft meetings, does he kind of click with and hear what he wants to hear and say, okay, yeah, this uh, we, can, we can make this work? There's some rumors out there that people are spreading some rumors out there. I'm not saying it's true. Twitter is a dangerous place, oh, as boy. you know, Lou. It sure is. But Bill Cowher's name has started to come up that he might be that guy that comes out of the studio and and takes the reins of the New York Jets organization. What do you think about that? I mean, Cower hasn't coached in yeah, forever. That's, that's too much of a mess for him. And I think I think he's he I think he's happy in what he's doing. He doesn't seem like a guy that's just kind of got the you know he's got the itch to come back. I, I think if it's going to be any former head coach and 
a name that I think kind of went away for a while, but if you're watching Pac-12 football, if you're watching Arizona State, you see Marvin Lewis on the sidelines as a uh, I guess a consultant to the head coach, and uh, he and Herm Edwards go way back, and he did an amazing job with the Bengals. Again, that is another dumpster fire, but it was Cincinnati. Now, you know, it could be New York. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's just the name that, that's come up. Odds are they'll more than likely go with one of the hot coordinators, offensive guy, somebody that's going to mesh well with Trevor Lawrence because that he's going to be the face of the franchise and they need, you know, they need somebody that's going to be a quarterback's friendly coach. Uh, not to say that Marvin wouldn't be, but you know, again, it's just kind of what's what's hot right now, and I think that's what's going to happen. I don't see Cowher really wanting to come out of retirement. And if he did, I think he'd probably want kind of a, a say in who his GM is. And I don't think Joe Douglas is going anywhere. If Cowher has that in his contract, and he says, "Who? Look, I want my GM in there. I want to bring in, you know, my guy." The Jets are going to listen. I mean, they're going to get Joe Douglas out of there. I mean, regardless, I think. I mean, they'll they'll bring in. They'll do whatever they can to accommodate Coach Cower. And this week, Bovada has the Jets versus the Seahawks, and Seattle is getting minus 13.5 points at home versus New York. I don't think it's happening this week. I don't think the Jets are going to pull off the upset. If they would have gotten rid of Adam Gase, Lou, I think they might have <laughs> had a shot. you might have a chance, right? On a side note a little bit before we move off this topic, I wanted to mention Darren Waller, man. Oh, I mean, this boy. is the, wow. the Raiders yeah. tight end. This guy is quickly emerging as like a top five tight end in this league, if not top three. I mean, the, the game that he had against the Jets, 13 receptions, for 200 yards and he scored two touchdowns he's doing this in almost every game and Carr is looking at him as a first option and it's amazing this guy was a wide receiver at Georgia Tech he was a bigger guy he had some demons some off the field problems and then he he was able to conquer them the Raiders gave him a shot and this guy in his second year here He's just putting up these these crazy numbers and coming out of nowhere. And I just wanted to bring that up because Waller is quickly emerging as as a star in this league. Yeah, he always had the physical skills. He's uh, I mean, I, I think he's he's in the right offense. We'll see if uh, Carr can keep getting the ball. But yeah, I mean, he's uncoverable. I mean, you talk about guys like Kelsey and Kittle. Uh, his name has got to be right up there. All right, let's let's move ahead. One of my four failed picks this weekend. Boy, was that brutal. I had to have seen this coming. I've been, again, been watching football way too long to look at the coaching matchup of the Hoodie versus Anthony Lynn and to think for a second that perhaps the Chargers could win the game. Now I just feel like an idiot. But you look at it, you know, before the game, well, Cam's going to throw for 69 yards. Our leading rusher is going to have 80 yards. Uh, yeah, we may not turn it over, but what are you going to think the score is? You're not going to think it's 45 nothing in your favor, but it's just the Patriots' formula. Just be dominant on special teams. Don't beat yourself. 
play strong defense, stop the run. I mean, they did everything that a Patriot team normally does, but, you know, without Brady being in there chucking the ball around. Just the special teams, were it was just ridiculous. A punt return for a touchdown. A blocked field goal attempt, last play of the first half. I mean, you knew right then that game was done. Chargers had no shot. They were just, uh, you know, overmatched, just... Bill flexing his muscles to say our 53 is better than yours. And certain games, like if they're playing a really good team, that doesn't always work out. But against a so-so team or maybe not so strongly coached team, he's just going to crush them. And he did again. And I I, I just feel like an idiot for picking against them. I don't want to like, you know, expand this topic and stuff like that. But they're sitting at six and six. When Bill Belichick is going up against a rookie quarterback, yeah. doesn't it happen yeah, like it's every a, yeah, year? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's always yeah. like the same thing over and over again. It's almost like a, a track that you're listening to for for the entire day. You're, I, I'm saying it's always the same thing. Bill Belichick always takes the yeah. advantage. I think of, you're rubbing it a in a little bit now. Okay, I think you're rubbing it in a little bit Six and six, Lou. Six and six. How do I get rookie quarterback? Everything that I just said, and still pick against the Patriots. So six and six, Lou. Do you believe that the Patriots can make a run here oh over my these, gosh. these final four games? I know you're looking at the schedule. I hate. I mean, can I, this team well, they play, make the playoffs? They play the Rams this week, and I, yeah, I might be, I might be jumping in that uh, off of that cliff again. Just a little foreshadowing to the pick segment. But then they're at Miami, in which case they'll be playing their third consecutive road game. Even with Brady, str- would struggle whenever they go down to Miami late in the season. So this is not an easy schedule. Then they've got Buffalo. They finished with the Jets. So, I mean, you could say without fail, they will win that game. The Rams, the Dolphins, and Buffalo. If he makes it, he's coach of the. I mean, no, no question. If he makes the playoffs, and he won't get it just because he is who he is, and they never give it to him. Or I shouldn't say never, but rarely give it to him. But if he gets that team into the playoffs, he gets it. On Thursday night, Bovada has the Patriots as a five-point underdog versus the the Los Angeles Rams, and I guess we'll hear more about this game in the in the pick segment yeah. that, that's coming up <laughs> later on in the show. And we um, sure I don't will. know. I mean, Bill is clicking right now, but you know what? This team is eight and eight. That's just that's my opinion. I mean, I, I see the I see the Bills winning the division. I see the Dolphins making the playoffs. I just don't see the Patriots sneaking in there. It's just a little too late. And I think maybe a lot of it had to do with the fact that Cam missed a couple of games and it wasn't a normal off season. And I would love to see him return next season. I don't think it's in the cards, but I would love for Cam Newton to return to Bill Belichick and the Patriots for them to have a normal off season, you know, for him to learn the offense a little bit more. Uh, that would be great because, you know, when Bill Belichick has an off year, which has happened very rarely, next season he comes back and he's like, you know, he's like a bulldog. I mean, he is marching ahead. Hey, maybe the Patriots make that play for Trevor Lawrence. Maybe. I mean, they winning games isn't helping them isn't helping their cause at all so i don't think that's that's really in their mindset really i mean you'd think it was but with all these guys opting out 
and injuries and then like you said you know cam getting being on the covid list for a bit yeah i it, it, it's it all is seems counterintuitive this would have been like the easy year to just kind of punt but uh, that's not in their dna that's not in belichick's dna and he's gonna try like hell to win every single game these games where they have to pass that that that's those are the ones that you feel like how are they gonna do it i mean you can't the outside receivers they've never i don't i can't remember them drafting a really good one Dion branch had some you know had some success was either co or mvp of a super bowl but you know that was very limited but everybody you know all the others have been, come through free agency or trades like welker or moss edelman they drafted but you know again he's not really that downfield guy and i don't know i i just don't see it happening uh, to make a trade with the Jets, who <laughs> with the hoodie that that would that would be the ultimate 2020, you know, whatever, like the the end of 2020, but it'll be in 2021 where you know where he spurned the Jets at the you know when he you know when he was coming back to coaching when he you know left the Browns or the Browns you know disbanded whatever, and uh, and now they would make a deal. For that first, for that first overall pick, what what would it take? What would they have to give them? Everything. Pretty I would much. Have to say it would have to take the entire draft for the Jets to do it, or even future, to consider future, it. And I still future, don't think they future will. picks. They don't. I don't. And I don't think they will consider it. I mean, the the Jets know what they have. Yeah. I mean, when you have a chance to to draft a future franchise quarterback, I don't think you pass it up. It's but fun. It's, can it, do it's, it. It's fun to surmise and say, well, what if in bizarre world, what would you what would you have to do? But can you imagine the conspiracy? Theories? Oh my like god! If, if that happens ten years from now, yeah, like you said, twenty twenty, <laughs> like. Like, remember that story with Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick, how he spurned the Jets and then he ruined them for the next 20 years when he took the Patriots job. And now he ruins them again. You know, there might be a simpler solution to all of this. I would assume because the Jets will have the number one overall pick and we've talked about how Sam Darnold will move on. He might be that trading chip that the Patriots might go after because it wouldn't take a first round pick to get Sam Darnold there. I think if you give up a second round pick, that would be enough, and the Patriots could offer it. I don't even know if you get a second round pick for him now. I mean, you would think. I think you will. I think you will. I mean, somebody will be willing to do it. I'm not sure in like Bill Belichick's, you know, chart it's worth a second round pick <laughs> but if the patriots are willing to give up a second round pick move off i don't of Cam think Newton i don't think you trade i don't think you trade him in the division though I, I i couldn't see them doing that you know not that he would he would come back to haunt them just the fact that he doesn't want to help uh, new england in any way shape or form Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, that's yeah. I was trying to bring it in there. Yeah, but I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I mean, it, it, make a solid. He would point. certainly be somebody that that they would bring in. Kind of cast off. Wasn't very, you know, wasn't very good, or not very good, but just kind of had a, a rocky career. I mean, geez, I was going to say like the end. He's only been there a few years. A rocky time of it, and now you know, yeah, we'll we'll bring you in. You know, Josh McDaniel. Here's your here's your science project for the summer. Let's let's get it going. How many quarterbacks have been ruined by really bad offensive coordinators or head coaches? I mean, that can might you think an, of any? That because might be another if, show, yeah. I mean, they... If you, like, listen to Sam Darnold in interviews, he's like the perfect guy for New York. He knows how to handle that media. He takes the blame. 
He he is really in tune with what's going on. He has accountability. And he is the guy that you would want to represent your franchise. It's just at this point, he hasn't developed the way that I think the entire world thought he would when they drafted him third overall and when they started saying he's the next Broadway Sam. I see him like he's not a bad seed. He would represent your organization really well. He just he needs a good quarterbacks coach, a good offensive coordinator. That's all he needs. And I think this guy can flourish the way Alex Smith flourished with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and they probably thought they were getting that with Adam Gase. But yeah, that's all going to change here real soon. Okay, moving on. Philadelphia. We're back to the NFC least. Uh, all of a sudden, that's become you know the the hotbed and the completely upheaval of the division. Where you thought, okay, no real preseason, brand new coaches and situations. Okay, well the Giants in Washington. This is going to kind of be a get to know you type season, whatever. And Philadelphia and Dallas. I mean, that, that's the class of the division. And right now. Nothing could be further from the truth. You got two teams, Washington and the Giants, playing like real football teams, and Philadelphia and Dallas, it just seems like two complete messes. Dallas more so than Philadelphia, but here we go. Here comes Jalen Hurts. Came into the game against the Packers, had a little success. I mean, sparked the team a little bit, but you've got a 26-year-old franchise quarterback that you're sitting down now, where is this going? I mean, seriously. I mean, I, I'd love to see, you know, Hertz be successful. I don't know. Coming coming into the draft, Alex, I really didn't, I wasn't really that far into it. But you'd think, you know, like Dak Prescott might be a good comp to Jalen Hurts, somebody like that. That's worked out for Dallas for somebody. For money aside, on the field, it's worked out pretty well. But they didn't have a young franchise quarterback they've, that they've already paid a ton of money to. This is going to be a, a little goofy. Now, hopefully, the strength of the organization can deal with this, and this may just be kind of the second blip on the on the radar because last year certainly wasn't very good. Somehow, Wentz got him to the playoffs. But again, now there's kind of two years in a row where the team's not so good. Injuries? Do they need to change their strength and conditioning program? It can't be a coincidence that so many guys get hurt. Every single year, offensive line, defensive backs, wide receivers. I don't know if I've said anything right here other than paint a very bleak picture. It certainly seems that way. I, I don't know that Lurie's ready to walk away from coach or GM uh, at this point. But that contract is huge. It's, you How can, can you walk away you from wins? You can't. You can't. And that's you're just going to eat dead money, right? Basically. Now, I the, the one thing him, the I'm one thing I didn't look up was if they somehow traded him, would that still is that still going to be against their cap, the dead money? Who wants that contract though? I mean, considering the that only is having the, his worst the season. only one I can think of, and follow me here, the only one I can think of potentially because of having the money and so forth, Frank Reich would have to talk Ballard, the GM, and Ursay, the owner, into Carson Wentz because he was at his most successful when Reich had him as the offensive coordinator there in Philly, and it seems like he really hasn't been the same since Reich left. Now, I don't know how much 
Reich loves him, whether he does or not. But if in any stretch that you would say somebody might trade for that because it seems like the Colts are always in good cap shape, that might be a landing spot if that was something they would even consider. Because Indianapolis, that would be a huge deal for them to take on that huge contract. But they would have to feel like, okay, this is our guy of the future. But like we said, Darnold's going to be out there that they can get for like a second round pick and not have all that money on there. So that's the only one that I came up with. I would take Darnold over Wentz. And look, a month ago, you and I defended Carson Wentz on this show. We basically said that there are a lot of things going around him. He has, you know, undrafted free agent, wide receivers that he's throwing to. He's dealing with offensive line issues every year. He just doesn't have the talent level that that some of these other top quarterbacks have. But we can't. He has to be fixed. I mean, something. I mean, because you look at him, he's he's lost his confidence. That's for sure. And he's absolutely he's off platform a lot when he throws. I mean, I'm no quarterbacks coach, but just in watching, but it's his, always watching been his, his issue. feet. You know, they're they're always a little off platform. He relies on his arm too much, holds the ball too long. So these are things. I don't know. Jordan Palmer is like the quarterback whisperer. He trains all these kids when they're coming out of college. But they he needs to be fixed this off season. So they're going to keep him. That's what they have to do. But you know, Brandon Brooks is on IR. Andre Dillard, Lane Johnson's been on and off. How can you have any continuity? They had to bring they had to bring Peters in out, uh, off of retirement. They got him playing guard, but then they had to move him out to tackle, and that was he's not what he used to be at that position. So it's there's a lot of stuff going on here. But uh, like I said, maybe it, you know strength and conditioning, fix Carson Wentz, draft a little bit better, develop these players that you've been drafting, and just hope for the best because otherwise they're going to have to really regress if they eat all that money. I just don't think Carson Wentz has that has it upstairs. I don't think he has that mental strength. I think the uh, hear me out. I think the the draft pick of Jalen Hurts in the second round has really affected him. Yeah, it has. If Aaron Rodgers was able to get past it, it motivated him. When Jordan Love was taken at the end of the first round, he said, "Hey, I'll show you, Packers. What do you think? I'm done. Is that it?" It motivated him. He's having his best season in the last three or four years. I think Carson Wentz has got it in his head that, hey, if the Eagles drafted a guy in the second round, that dual threat guy, the new type of quarterback that they're looking to move off of him in a couple of years once he develops. And I just think it has gotten in his head. Plus, his quarterback's coach apparently is his best friend. Like, they're really good buddies. How can a buddy tell you that you've got a wide base, that you're throwing off your back foot? How is he going to fix you? I mean, your buddy is usually pumping you up. He's like, hey, Carson, you're great. You know, you threw that third pick, but my God, that that throw was beautiful. I don't know what you were seeing, but it was almost there. A buddy is going to like pick you up. He's not going to fix your your mechanics out there. So I think the coaching staff is to blame. And by the way, the quarterback's coach is Press Taylor. Uh, that, that I'm talking about out there. I think Howie Roseman is is also to blame. I mean, you drafted Jalen Rager instead of Justin Jefferson. Jefferson looks like a star. I'm not sure what we're we're getting with Rager because He's he hasn't been, hurt been healthy and you don't know that, this season. And I guess it's hard to say, would Jefferson be putting up these kind of numbers with Wentz throwing him the ball? 
Uh, not that, but not we can that argue with this. Player. Yeah. Oh no, I, I understand. Yeah, I mean, you can go back and a s- lot of things are contributing. Oh, yeah. to this. the coach. Yeah, staff, it's not just GM. Wentz. I didn't mean to impl- you know imply that at all. But he does need some harder coaching, and this is going to fall on Peterson too. Regardless of who the quarterbacks coach is, at a certain point, he's watching like everybody else. He's the one that's answering all these questions every single week, every single day. It just seems like. I don't know if he's blinded to him. Here's what he's saying to the press, that he, he's firmly behind him. He's, But I think he needs to be coached a little bit better, coached harder. And it may just be a lot of those things, those fundamental things that it happened with Josh Allen. I mean, he, he looks like a completely different quarterback now, doesn't he? From over the last couple of years, I mean, you see him play now. It's not that you know wild, you know, bucking Bronco that came out of what came out of Wyoming and his first year in uh, in Buffalo, and everything was with his legs. I mean, he's actually he looks like a real quarterback. So it can yeah, be. He looks like a top eight quarterback. It can in this be league. done, right? But it's got to take you know commitment on the kids' level and somebody that's coaching them the right way. Maybe that was Reich. Maybe he was the one that put his feet to the fire, figuratively, right? But really, he needs somebody that you know is going to force him to do those little things, those simple things, and just work on him until he gets back to where he was before he got hurt, the big injury against, against the Rams where he was sailing towards an MVP, it looked like. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, three years ago, he was an MVP candidate. And look how far he has regressed at this point. Because I can't imagine imagine another franchise trading a high enough pick for Carson Wentz. And then they also have to eat that contract. I don't see that happening. We'll see what happens with Jalen Hurts. You mentioned that he's going to be the starting quarterback this week. And the Eagles, by the way, uh, Bovada has the Eagles as a seven-point underdogs uh, versus the Saints. It's going to be interesting to to see how Jalen Hurts does because a lot of it is going to depend on that. If Hurts plays well over the final month of the season, then it's a done deal. If he doesn't, then Wentz gets back in there and he's still going to you know, have that quarterback competition next year. But can you I always pay felt your like, back can you pay your backup starter money? I think they'll have a competition next training yeah. camp. I just think this is what it's gonna come down to. You know, a couple of years ago the Eagles seemed like a very stabilizing franchise. They were they were the franchise that other teams kind of modeled after. But right now, it looks like a complete mess. And I don't think they're going to get rid of Roseman. No. But I do think Peterson is going to go. You know how it is. I mean, if everything is imploding, then the head coach gets the axe. And I just think Doug Peterson is going to be the one to go because nobody's going to be lining up to take Carson Wentz. And I think he's going to stay because of that contract, and he's going to battle it out with Jalen Hurts in next training camp. But it remains to be seen how Hurts plays over the final month of the season. All right. Well, we did speak of uh, a bit. We mentioned the Giants, and wow, at the beginning of the season or when it was done, it was like, who is Joe Judge? Now you're thinking, what a super hire. Why weren't more teams after this guy? You know, a fight with his offensive line coach, injured quarterback, you know, Jones is doing, you know, is playing well, not playing well, turning the ball over at the beginning of the season. They're losing games. Like, what, what is going on here? But 
he is sticking to his formula to lay the foundation and you know we talked about it with the the Patriots against against the Chargers they're going to win games against teams that don't do those little things right but this week they were able to go to Seattle and win with Colt McCoy as their quarterback so that's got to tell you that the foundation is really starting to take hold right it's just and Gettleman another one who is being ridiculed as a GM but now that OBJ trade is looking better and better every day he brings in Leonard Williams who the Jets pretty much gave away Daniel Jones looks like he's a pretty good quarterback very smart kid big guy you were talking about perfect for the New York media he's like I mean as far as not playing wise but as far as that the personality he's like kind of an Eli clone so he does take responsibility he does uh you know come out he's just he's just a, a a leader and if he can take care of his uh ball skills and not turn it over so much he is going to be the leader of this team moving forward and, and a great face of the franchise. Get, and again, he's free agents. He like pieces together the defense. Logan Ryan, who for some reasons was sitting there in free agency very late in the game. COVID might have had something to do with it, but there was Logan Ryan. Boom, another leader. James Bradbury was, you know, so-so player, it seemed like. Coming, coming from uh, Carolina, bang, he's a starter, playing well. Blake Martinez is a tackling machine, enough said. Uh, they need some weapons, but gosh, it, it, it's, I think they, they're probably the best team in this division right now. Sky's the limit. I mean, they got Arizona coming in there this week. The Browns, the, uh, they've got the Ravens and Dallas. They could easily win all four of those games. Now, they probably won't, but they will be in those games. Bovada has the Giants versus the Cardinals this week. The Cardinals are minus two and a half this game. But I got to ask you, Lou, I mean, the way this team was playing in the beginning of the season, not having their best offensive weapon and Saquon Barkley, who was lost for the season, they're doing it right now with Colt McCoy and Wayne Gallman. Right. How are they doing it? I mean, they've got a four-game winning streak all of a sudden. Where did the Giants come from? I mean, is it all about the defense? Well, it, yeah. I mean, the defense has played great. But again, they started, t- again, taking care of the ball, playing good on special teams. You know, again, if you don't beat yourself, limit turnovers, force turnovers, you know, you're going to be in games and they've been able to close them out. And like you said, Gallman's been so the, I think it's more so a function of the offensive line. I mean, Wayne Gallman's a good player. I don't know if he's a great player. Evan Ingram has been kind of hit and miss. You know, you thought he was going to be like this next great tight end, and he may still get there. But um, the weapons on the outside are, again, so-so. I I really like Darius Slayton as a player, but more of like a number two receiver. They really don't have a number one receiver. I mean, Golden Tate, again, he's been injured off and on. Sterling Shepard, again. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, it's the defense. It's taking care of the ball, and they just buy in. Um, we had talked uh, about uh, when we when we spoke with our, our writer friend from um, oh geez from from the Dolphins, Dave Hyde. Dave Hyde. Sorry, name escaped me. And we were talking about you know some of the moves that Flores had made, uh, kind of bold moves, getting both coordinators kind of walked away. Well, his defensive coordinator was Pat Graham, who worked with him at the Patriots as well as Joe Judge. So I mean, he comes in. 
several weeks go by, they, they kind of roll with the punches, get beat up a little bit, but now they've kind of, you know, buying into the system, playing it the way that it's supposed to be played, and these guys are stepping up. So not that they're going to be a great team. I don't know that they could actually win a playoff game, but in this division, I think you, just looking at it, the eye test, they're the best team. I'll take Washington, especially after that win against the Pittsburgh Steelers and Alex Smith guiding them there and that defensive line playing well. I'll take Ron Rivera of Washington. I just I like what they're doing, and I have more faith in Alex Smith and Daniel Jones when he comes back. Looking at the, the rest of their schedule, I wasn't sure uh, how, it, how they were going to finish out, but I, I think, yeah, I, I just think overall. Now, again, it's not by a long shot. I like, obviously, I like uh, Alex Smith myself, but uh, yeah, let's see how it plays out. But uh, for my money right now, it looks like the Giants got this rolling at this point. Well, the, we know one thing, Lou. The Cowboys are out of it. That's it. Yes. I mean, we'll see what and transpires over the next month. I don't think Philadelphia is really in it either. So it'll come down to those two teams. And I guess the, the big thing is that the Giants beat Washington twice. So they have to uh, not just keep pace, but actually win more games than the Giants. So And there's only four left. I think that was kind of the, the deciding factor. So. On to the pick segment. Oh my goodness, what an ugly week. Wow. So two games that are completely, you know, just completely overmatched. Talked about the Chargers. That was just ridiculous. That was a dumb thing to do on my part. But Tennessee, uh, is there a more schizophrenic team in this league? Uh, as far as, you know, that one week they look like, you know, they could probably be a Super Bowl contender. And then the next week... They get crushed by the Browns in the first half. I mean, what was it, thirty-eight to seven or something in the first half, and then it ends up forty-one to thirty-five, which really doesn't tell you the story of what what the game was. It really wasn't that close, but uh, yeah. So those were two really ugly games. The other two excuses are for losers, but Houston had the ball inside the five, a minute and a half to go. Looking to go score this tying touchdown or go ahead touchdown and go up 27 26, and they fumble the snap. Okay, fine. Atlanta, they're inside the red zone. First and goal, I believe it was, or first first and 10. It was just outside the 10, and then Gurley takes a big loss. They had a chance, those two games. But anyway, the bottom line 0 and 4, 10 12 and 1 for the season. Looking to get back up over. 500 hopefully so here we go los angeles rams we talked about them being minus five do i go against the hoodie again is it really that i mean i was that stupid to do it once but gonna jump off that cliff one more time and here's why the rams i think are are playing playing much better football i mean especially Goff taking care of the ball. Now, he's been a little up and down, but last game it looked like he got things straightened out. They were able to run the ball against uh, against Arizona. That opens up the passing game. But I think the key here is, a, and I don't, it's more of an emotional thing, Coach McVay, I think, was really overwhelmed in the Super Bowl against Bill Belichick and, the, and New England. He, it's going to happen again. And it, it, prob- it probably will, but I'm going with the younger guy this time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with my guns. He has something to prove here. I think he's been waiting for this game for a while. I'm going to go with the Rams. Call me nuts, but minus five will go with the Rams. Tennessee, the schizophrenic team. 
this week. I think they're going to bounce back. They need that get-right game, if you would. I normally don't go against home underdogs, but in this case, I'm going to take Tennessee minus 7.5. I really like Carolina. I like Matt Rule. I like the way they play. I really despise the way Denver plays. Locke, just something about them. I just... I just don't like. I think Carolina is going to win this game handily. They're minus three and a half at home. And the ugly game of the week. I always got to pick one out. And I am going to go with a home dog here. Coming off that scintillating win against the New York Jets. The Las Vegas Raiders back on the strip. Plus three over Indianapolis. Ugly game of the week. Let it fly. I think we're going to see a very good defensive performance by the Colts. And I'll guarantee you that we won't see an all-out blitz at the end of the game on the final play (laughs) of the game if it comes to that. Well, Reich would be smart enough to override the call like before it happens. If they would, Gaze saying, "Well, I was talking to somebody else, and what? We're 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 zero blitz. What? Like he caught him by surprise. Uh, Anyway, go ahead, go ahead. Talk about some of the other games. I need you to really diss some of these picks because I want them to win." Well, I just think the I think Sean McVay uh, is gonna he, he's gonna find out once again. Gonna get his clock like clean again. Super Bowl night. I think we talked yeah, about just, it last just, week. The, the Patriots did stay on the West Coast. I thought there was might have been some COVID uh, restrictions, but I think they stayed and practiced at UCLA all week. So just a well, tidbit. Well, I, I think they're comfortable. They're comfortable. The weather is better. I'll, I'll guarantee you that. And I just think you know Bill Belichick might have enjoyed you know. Santa Monica Beach out there. It's, it's just a sure. short drive. You, you never know. No days off, they, Alex. No days I, off. I got you. I mean, this isn't Bell Belichick's year, but if he would sneak into the playoffs at like 9-7, and seven, he would make some noise with the Patriots. You know nobody yeah, you don't want would to play want to play them. playoff game. No, absolutely not. In closing, I just want to say Aaron Rodgers just joined the the 400 touchdown club. I mean, he is in some serious company there. The the future Hall of Famer reached a feat that only six others had before him, and he did it fastest, right? Been the he has, Sorry. yeah. He's been he's been the MVP. He has won the Super Bowl, and let's not forget, you know, he sat for a couple of years before he got his shot to become the starting quarterback because, hey, Brett Favre was the the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers at that time, and it was a controversial decision, but it certainly turned out to be the right one. All right, gang, that is going to do it for us this week. I hope those picks work out for you, and we'd love to hear back from what you think about some of these picks and the rest of the show. And as always, on the way out, we wish you peace!